Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Welcome to the February 7th version of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We always start off our show with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, thanks for letting us have a beautiful week of soccer amidst some horrible weather, but really some memorable soccer to say the least. I'm praying Thanksgiving that we're able to focus on this and we pray that we'll be able to have a uh, peaceful week this week in our global situation with Russia and that we'll be able to continue to focus on having fun with soccer and keep everything in perspective. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. And today we're going to be covering over the uh, second-round playoff results, you know, LHSA, soccer. And, uh, and then after we finish going all of that, we've got a special treat for you because we are going to be uh, talking to Al Silvis, who is the head coach for Dominican High School, who's on a tear right now. And also we'll be talking to uh, the the head coach for University High School boys, Chris Mitchell. All right, but uh, before we get uh, going with that, uh, I'd like to uh, introduce myself. I'm Coach Alan DeRitt. I'm head soccer coach at De La Salle and also Soccer Innovations. And I'm, I know we haven't been on the air for a while, but we're back on the air. And like I would like to say to my kids that I've coached with a vengeance, huh? Well, anyway, uh, second round uh, action ended up like this. Dominican beat Hanville 5-1. to one. Uh, I'm going to let Coach Silvis talk to you about that. Mount Carmel wound up beating Bird. And so, yes, that sets uh, a doozy of a game, okay, uh, that my kids are going to go to on, on Wednesday at 4 o'clock at Pan Am. Dominican versus Mount Carmel. Get there early for a parking spot. It's an interesting environment. They played a couple of weeks ago. And it was really cool to see them tailgate because a lot of them played together in club. So they're kind of friends, but frenemies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Uh, of course, that was the uh, that is also the rematch of last year's state championship game that um, Mount Carmel wound up uh, winning. Now, Dutchtown beat Fountain Blue in the Razor Edge game 3-2. to two. And Captain Shreve beat Baton Rouge three to nothing, so they'll play each other now. Dutchtown will have to travel to Captain Shreve to play on Wednesday at 3:30 p.m. Uh, boy, that's going to be an all-day trip. That's an interesting time to be playing all the way up there in Shreveport with a with a traveling team. Okay, uh, North Shore well, had no problem with Southside five to nothing, and Saint Scholastica had a classic with Mandeville two to one. Would you would you expect anything else? And St. Scholastica winds up on the top of it again. And so now this puts the two two uh, North Shore foes right after each other again with North Shore and St. Scholastica. Okay, this is going to be at North Shore High School. It's an interesting turf over there. The St. Scholastica-Mandeville game was at St. Paul's at Hunter Stadium. North Shore Stadium's got this weird turf. Uh, it's new, but it's really slick. And that might give St. Scholastica problems. Okay, and... Uh, North Shore, again, is the third seed. St. Scholastica is the sixth seed. But I remember at the beginning of the year, everybody counting them out. And look where they are now. Okay, 
Uh, finally, on the bottom of the of the Division One bracket, Barr beat Lafayette one to nothing, and then St. Joseph's beat Central Lafouche six to nothing. So that means now Barb is going to have to travel to Baton Rouge to go play at Burbank against St. Joe's Academy. Barb is the seven seed, St. Joe's is the two seed. So no matter what, in Division One, our semifinals are going to be uh, filled with four very very good teams. Now, in Division Two, St. Thomas More, 8-0 Minden. Y'all know what I think about 8-0. Okay, so, uh, and Ben Franklin beat Terrebonne, 7-0. Not that much different. And uh, and they played at West Jeff Stadium. That was kind of interesting. But anyway, Ben Franklin now is going to have to travel to Lafayette to play a very difficult play, St. Thomas More, at 5.30 p.m. Tuesday. Okay? Um, Benton um, beat Franklin Parish, 7-0. Neville barely beat West Washita one to nothing at home, so now Benton's going to have to travel to Neville uh, to play on Wednesday at six o'clock, uh, and um, Benton is the five and Neville is the four. Vanderbilt Catholic tattooed Washita Parish eight to zero, where Lakeshore also did the same to Houghton eight to zero. So. Now the class of the Titans, pardon the pun, is going to be in Homa, where number six Lakeshore will play number three Vanderbilt Catholic there. Very difficult place to play, uh, to say the least. And you got a team that's way overdue in Vanderbilt Catholic and wanting to win another state championship. Okay, Tarling's Catholic beat Tioga 7-0. And Cato Magnet the same with Beauchene. And so number seven Tarling's Catholic is going to have to go to Shreveport to play Cato Magnet in the number two seed. So in Division Two, it's it's uh, it's also setting up for just a wonderful finish. All right, in Division Three, University had no trouble, number one seed, playing Cabrini uh, 7-0, and Lutcher beat North DeSoto 5-0. So you have the 1-9 matchup instead of the 1-8. Uh, um, and... That's going to be at Lutcher, which University is going to have a hard time with because Lutcher isn't playing at their stadium because of Hurricane Ida. Lutcher is playing in the little playground field um, across town in Gramercy. And let me tell you, we played there. Very difficult place to play if you don't know the place at all. Really, really small, frustrating place to play. Um, and I can't blame them for that. It's not like they wanted the stadium to get to – get, uh, you know, damage. Uh, next round, Hannon, the five seed, beat DeRitter six to nothing. Uh, and Parkview Baptist, the four seed, beat North Vermillion. So now you got Hannon, the five seed, going to the number four seed, Parkview Baptist. Okay. The three seed, St. Michael the Archangel, handily beat Pearl River seven to one. The six seed, St. Louis Catholic, beat West Feliciana. So that's going to have the uh, St. Louis Saints going to Baton Rouge to play St. Michael's. But this game will be on campus at St. Michael the Archangel at 3 o'clock on Wednesday. All right, Lusher Charter having a great season, beat Starlington 3 to nothing, And Loyola Prep beat Edie White 4 to nothing. So now the Lusher Lions are going to have to travel over there to Loyola Athletic Complex up there in the north. Uh, to play on Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Okay, so that's Division III. Uh, in Division Four. all right, Catholic New Iberia, uh, the number one seed, uh, they had a little trouble with Dunham. They beat them 5-2. to two, But uh, as we've seen in the past, Catholic New Iberia, it's not like a straight shot. 
uh, going all the way, and they're going to have to play a very tough Louise McGee team that's deep in depth. Louise beat Louise was the number nine seed. They beat Calvary Baptist, the number eight seed, at Calvary, two to one. So now Catholic New Iberia is going to have to come to New Orleans and play in Pan Am Stadium at six thirty on Wednesday, and they're going to be following that that loaded game, uh, Mount Carmel Dominican. So what an atmosphere that's going to be over there. Okay, it's going to be very intimidating for the Lady Panthers. Pope John Paul, uh, the five seed, beat Essential Episcopal, but Essential Episcopal put up a fight, and uh, the end score was four to three. Washita Christian, however, had no trouble with Covenant Christian, um, so the four and five will play each other. This time, the, the five seed, Pope John Paul, is going to have to go up north of Washita Christian to play Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. Upset Central, the 19th seed, Rotary Park Country Day, beat Homa Christian, the three seed, two to one. And another upset, Episcopal of Acadiana beat Episcopal Baton Rouge, two to one in Baton Rouge. So now you have two teams that nobody expected to be in the third round playing each other. And Episcopal of Acadiana uh, is going to have to go play on the campus of Metairie Park Country Day, which is an interesting little field uh, right in the middle of the golf course in Old, in old Metairie. Uh, very, very um, quaint place, and uh, it might be quite, kind of intimidating for the girls from Cade. Academy of Sacred Heart uh, is uh, – Heading for the third round because they beat the 10 seed Grace Christian six to nothing, and then you had Isidore Newman barely beating Northlake Christian. I would love to have seen this game because Northlake Christian, you know, they gave a fight, uh, but Isidore Newman run up on top one to nothing. So now Academy of Sacred Heart is going to have to go against their crosstown, not even crosstown, cross neighborhood rivals Isidore Newman uh, to go play on Newman's campus on. Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Well, that'll do it for all the girls' action. When we come back, we're going to talk about the boys on Monday Night Football, You Boys for Youth Soccer. At the Olive Branch Cafe, only the freshest ingredients go into everything we serve. Our dough is prepared daily, and now the West Bank's best-tasting pizza is delivered 10.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. seven days a week. The Olive Branch Cafe, Marrero and Algiers. Okay, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. All right, let's go to the boys' side now. On the boys' side, Catholic Baton Rouge had no trouble with Lafayette, beating them 5 to nothing. And Southside, in a, I think a controversial game against Archbishop Rommel, 1-2-1 and two to one in a really rough place to play at Rommel. Uh, I watched the whole game, and uh, there was a controversial offsides call that I've kind of tried to corroborate, and most people believe that the referee did get it right. And, uh, and so Southside goes through, and the Sharks now, the ninth seed will be playing Catholic Baton Rouge, okay? Uh, but they got to go to uh, Lafayette and go play, I think, at, uh, I, think it's, I think they're playing at Moore Park. I'm not sure about that. On field one, Wednesday at 6.30. Okay, that's a dangerous team for Catholic High to have to go play. Now, the 12th seed, Dunham Springs, upset St. Amont, 2-1. to one. Um, and Alexandria had no trouble with the 13-seed Captain Shreve. So you have the 12-seed Denham Springs hosting Alexandria, the 4-seed, Wednesday at 6 o'clock. And let me tell you, that's a tough place to play um, if Alexandria's never played there before. 
All right, North Shore uh, played St. Paul's tough. Um, they played at Hunter Stadium, which is really hard to do, and lost 4-1. to one. But I think North Shore's had a great season this year. Um, they, they did some unconventional things to give them a better chance to win, and I don't think I have nothing to be ashamed of. Um, now, Sulphur beat Bird 3-2. Uh, to two. Uh, okay, at Sulphur. So now Sulphur's going to have to go to Hunter Field and play St. Paul's. Okay, uh, I hope they know what they're getting into. That's going to be at 5.15 p.m. on Wednesday. The number 10 seed, Dutchtown, upset Brother Martin uh, in Gentilly, 2-1. to one. Wiles Jesuit beat a really good Baton Rouge team, 4-1. to one. So now Dutchtown's going to have to travel to Jesuit. I'm pretty sure uh, Jesuit's probably going to go in Tad Gormley with that. But, uh, but y'all, Jesuit traveled to Baton Rouge in order to beat Baton Rouge. And uh, I just got to take a, a pause here. I just remember when Jesuit lost to Rummel, everybody thought the world was coming to an end on Bank Street. And lo and behold, we're in the third round of the playoffs, and everybody in their district is gone, and they're still hanging in there as the two seed. Everybody, those games in January matter. Every game matters, right? But what matters is what are you doing with your team in February? And uh, I just couldn't believe how many people counted Jesuit out. And I kind of spoke up on the show like, oh, are y'all crazy? I mean, I did. I was there at the Jesuit-Rummel game, and it was a tremendous win by the Rummel Raiders. Um, but it was also a wake-up call, I think, for Jesuit. And uh, a lot of times those kind of games spurn state champions, okay? So we're right in the thick of it. And, of course, the players we thought would be in there uh, – um, one, two, uh, three, and four are still in the running. Okay, let's see what we get in the semifinals. Okay, in Division Two, St. Thomas More uh, got a shocker, just like Belchase shocked Holy Cross last year. Belchase shocked St. Thomas More this year. Now let me tell you, to lose one nothing in Lafayette at St. Thomas More Field, that's impressive. Okay, anybody who's played St. Thomas More at St. Thomas More knows how dominant they are there. So my hat, I, I, I tip my hat to the Bell Chase Cardinals and, and, and finishing the season strong. But St. Thomas Warren does go on. And then Parkway, the eighth seed, lost to Washita Parish at home at Parkway at Airline High School. Um, excuse me, it was their home game, but they were playing Airline High School. So they won 3-1. to one. So now the number nine seed, Washita Parish, gets to host St. Thomas Moore. So now St. Thomas Moore has got to go up north. The five seed Cato Magnet beat Houghton three to one, and the four seed Neville beat Live Oak four to nothing. So now you have Cato Magnet, the five seed, having to travel to the four seed Neville at six o'clock, and I like to see that game. Okay, uh, a lot of banter about this team so far this is this season. East Jefferson, well, East Jefferson showed up to play against Riverdale. Of course, they're they're ancient rivals, crosstown rivals. And so you knew it was going to be a close game. And East Jefferson wound up winning one and nothing at both of their home stadiums. And so now uh, East Jefferson will play Benton, who easily took care of Lakeshore 8-1. to one. And that tells me that Benton is strong. Okay, this game is going to be at Joe Yenny Stadium at 5 o'clock in Metairie. Well, I think Joe Yenny's in Kenner. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's out there in the East Bank of Jefferson Parish, all right? And the game that most people in Orleans Parish are going to go to uh, will be the Ben Franklin Holy Cross game. And Holy Cross is going to be the home team. 
Not yet sure where this game's going to be played and when. Uh, but Ben Franklin beat Bonneville 2-1 to one in a really close match. And Ben Franklin's the seventh seed now. Holy Cross beat South Terrebonne 5-1. to one. And so now uh, Ben Franklin's going to have to go to Holy Cross. But uh, uh, with the, with the, the everything drying up, perhaps Holy Cross is going to play on campus, which is really, really difficult. They get their fans behind the behind the benches in their pickup trucks, and it's something to see, everybody. Okay, in Division Three, Vanderbilt Catholic, okay, is going to be playing upstart Leesville because Vanderbilt Catholic beat Parkview Baptist. And, look, Parkview, good a team as you're going to play in Division Three. They had no trouble with them, 6-1. to one. And Leesville uh, upset, second upset, uh, well, you might want to call the last game not an upset because Lutcher was a 24 seed. But I really thought Lutcher was going to go in and beat Leesville in Fort Polk. And then they went to Baton Rouge to play St. Michael and blanked them three to nothing. So now Leesville gets to host Vanderbilt Catholic. I don't know if anybody in, in uh, Homa has ever been to Fort Polk, but they're going to get a taste of it now. Let's see what happens to the Wampum Cats. Okay, that's the surprise team in Division Three, as far as I'm concerned. Now, uh, North Vermillion, the 12 seed, so that they're, they're not really a 12 seed. They went to number five seed St. Louis. And beat St. Louis on campus two to one. While Bozier had no trouble with Haynes Academy, five to nothing. So now you have the four seed Bozier going to North Vermilion. Okay, they're gonna play Wednesday at five thirty. Now Lusher, um, a team that's a three seed, which easily is a one seed if you ask me. If you, they became the three seed really because of the number crunch. Well, they respectfully beat Loyola Prep at Tag Gormley. And uh, it was nice they fed them afterwards. It was a class-class uh, game. And then, uh, y'all, uh, David Thibodeau surprised Crosstown rival Turlings Catholic, the sixth seed, 2-1. to one. And this was on Turlings campus, hard place to play. And so now Lusher's going to have to travel to Lafayette to play at David Thibodeau. I don't know if they're going to play on campus or at Moore Park. Well, last time I played David Thibodeau, I played him at Moore. But still, Lush is going to have to travel to play the 11 seed. University Lab, we're going to be talking uh, about University a little bit later on in the show. Uh, they had no problems with Noma, which was kind of a surprise to me. 8-0 game. And then upset special, Archbishop Hannon goes to Morgan City on a Sunday afternoon game and in overtime was able to put one uh, – um, behind their back line and get a goal and came out of Morgan City with a one nothing lead, probably respecting Morgan City a whole lot more. Uh, you know, I think Morgan City is, is a force now in our district anyway uh, that we're going to have to deal with for years. And so now that's going to set up University Lab traveling to Madisonville to go play Archbishop Hannon in a really tough environment. Okay, I had to go play there last year in the playoffs. Uh, University is going to be in a foreign territory with a lot of rowdy fans there. Archbishop Hannon, again, surprising everybody uh, going through here with a win against Morgan City. Now, uh, in Division Four, Pope John Paul, defending champions, had no trouble with St. Charles, beating them 6-1. to one. And the surprise team of the year, Morris Jeff Community School, um, wound up going to St. Martin's campus and beating uh, uh, St. Martin's three to zero. 
So now you have Pope John Paul II having to go play Morris Jeff at Tad Gormley. So Pope John Paul didn't really get to go play in Tad Gormley that much. And it's a Wednesday night game. It's a 4 o'clock game, actually. And so there might be a pretty good crowd there to go watch this game. Y'all don't count Morris Jeff out. They, I've seen them. Uh, they're dangerous. All right. Ascension Episcopal, I've seen them play them this year. Really solid team. They beat Grace Christian 1 to nothing, And Northlake Christian uh, beat Catholic New Iberia 4 to nothing. So Northlake Christian, Nick Chetta's team is going to be going is going to be hosting Ascension Episcopal. I think this is a five versus a four, uh, and I think Ascension Episcopal is going to give Northlake all they can handle. Uh, but I think Northlake's going to end up on top. All right, Episcopal Baton Rouge uh, hosted Mary Park Country Day in a really tight game, uh, where Episcopal wound up on top three to two. Country Day is a really solid team, and. Holy Saving Menard upsets Washington Christian at Washington Christian, one to nothing. So now Episcopal is going to have to go uh, to Central Louisiana to play Holy Savior Menard on campus. So that's a three versus an 11. But I've never played at Holy Savior Menard, so I really can't comment on how difficult that, that will be. Okay, and finally, Isidore Newman, 8 0 River Oaks. So you have two eight zeros in a row with Newman, and St. Thomas Aquinas upset Episcopal School of Acadiana three to one at Encade, and so now the eighteen seed St. Thomas Aquinas gets to host the ten seed Isidore Newman. So a ten versus an eighteen, but everybody who knows Newman knows that that's a very odd ten seed because they don't go play in tournaments. Okay, uh, they're definitely. Uh, a team that can win the state championship in Division Four. So, all in all, we got strong teams heading on to the quarterfinals in all the brackets. And so, uh, um, I think another exciting week of soccer is looming ahead. So, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Dominican High School head coach Al Silvis on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. At the Olive Branch Cafe, only the freshest ingredients go into everything we serve. Our dough is prepared daily, and now the West Bank's best-tasting pizza is delivered 10.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. seven days a week. The Olive Branch Cafe, Marrero and Algiers. All right, welcome back, everybody, to Monday Night Football. We're really blessed to have with us on the line right now Coach Al Silvas from Dominican. Welcome to the show, Coach. Thank you for having me, Coach. All right, uh, it's been quite of a ride this year. Um, what was different this year about than last year uh, when you ran all the way to the state championship last year? Um. One of the differences this year is the fact that we weren't hit by COVID like we were last in the season. So that was definitely a little nerve-wracking last year going into uh, the playoffs and having trained for two weeks. 
Okay, I, I agree with that too. And uh, <laughs> one minute compared to last year to this. Right, and um, uh, and now now you're sitting as a number one seed, uh, similar track to what you had last year, but now you got to play Mount Carmel, not in the finals, but in the quarters. Um, does that change your mindset uh, with them, especially since y'all played a couple of weeks ago? Uh, a tough opponent, regardless if it was in the district championship in the first round or in the state final. You know, just we, we know at the end of this one, only one team is left to move on. You know, in, in that district final, you both know that. You know, both are still going to playoffs. Your season continues. But after Wednesday, you know, the, the truth is fortunately only one of us will be missing. Gotcha. This team this year, though, seems to be a little bit different than last year's team because uh, y'all seem to be in control all season long. Do you think that experience from the state finals last year had a lot to do with that? Definitely. You know, this group only graduated four seniors from last year and having a, a main core back, you know, they, they knew what it took to get into that final and losing that last game of the season, what it felt like. And they made it to have that happen this year. And so, you know, they're, they're trying to do everything possible not to have that happen again. I, I understand what you're talking about. And so uh, it looks like uh, you're going to have a packed house at Pan Am on, uh, on the 9th. And, uh, and anything can happen in a game like between Dominican and Mount Carmel, right? Yes. Yes, What is your craziest memory uh, playing Mount Carmel in your tenure as a Dominican head coach? Um. So some of it, you know, a lot of these, I know my first couple of years when we were playing one another, it looked like whoever lost district ultimately ended up in the state final. Uh, I think the first five years, four out of five years, that's the way it happened. And, you know, last year we both made it there. So this year only one of us is going to have that opportunity to possibly get back there. And we just uh, hope that that's going to be us. Okay, and uh, uh, when it comes to the rest of the talent in Division One, what other teams really uh, are you not looking forward to seeing if you do move on? You know, definitely St. Joe's because they are the one that we had that tie on our record with. Um, you know, I've seen the Shreve play. I've, we've played against Dutchtown. we played against North Shore. And, you know, I think matchups against those teams will be fine with. I just think our toughest one out of those groups that are those teams left are going to be St. Joe's. So St. Joseph's uh, uh, does ha did, did have a really good season this year, and they're really blazing through the playoffs like y'all are. And um, what was your game against Fountain Blue, uh, excuse me, against uh, Hanville like uh, last week? Because um, they, they were able to score on you. Yeah, we, uh, we gave them up a free kick right outside the box. 
uh, had the wall set up. Girl, girl hit the free kick. You know, hit it well, and it uh, and it was going through. It kind of redeflected off the wall on the other side of the keeper from where she was moving. So, you know, unfortunate. You know, giving up the goal on the deflection, but uh, it definitely, um, you know, was a was a different. Um, feeling for this group because you know even though they have given up a few goals, it, this was the first time they ever trailed in a game, um, and so it, it, you know that next 10, 15 minutes, you know they they were a little frantic, but they were able to finally settle down and not panic, and then I think we scored four goals within the span of 10 or 12 minutes once we once we started to settle back down. Well. I tell you what, um, your team showed a lot of character in the state finals last year, and I knew it was going to pay off this year. And I wish you all the best. Of course, uh, you know, uh, Dominican Mount Carmel is as good as it gets. And I hope you all enjoy this game, and I hope the girls can see uh, uh, that it's an opportunity to showcase their talent and they, that they really uh, focus on the game itself and not let all the pressure get to them. And hopefully we're the best team will win, and, and we'll be very entertained. Okay? I appreciate you coming on the show. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to everybody before you leave? Yeah, yeah, that's a long story. But thanks, Coach, and uh, I'll be looking for you Wednesday night. Okay, take care. God bless. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm sorry for uh, – I'm sorry for the – Audio being not the best there. It's just uh, that's the confines that I have being uh, out of school right now um, um, uh, recording. But anyway, uh, Coach Silvis uh, and I go way back. And, of course, um, uh, Pablo Petros, who's not the head coach, but uh, but uh, his son is, Alexi. Uh, he, he and I don't have a relationship, but Pablo and I do. Pablo kept us on the air for years. So it's kind of hard to to pull for anybody except for really I just pull for the stadium being packed. I pull for soccer uh, getting full attention in the sports broadcasts Wednesday night. And I pull for really just a very, very good game that's controversy-free, okay, uh, unlike some of the games I saw this weekend. All right, so that's Coach Silvis. Uh, now, when we come back, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Chris Mitchell from University High on Monday Night Football. We'll see you after the break. At the Olive Branch Cafe, only the freshest ingredients go into everything we serve. Our dough is prepared daily, and now the West Bank's best-tasting pizza is delivered 10.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. seven days a week. The Olive Branch Cafe, Marrero and Algiers. All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. We are blessed to have the head coach from University High on the on the line, Coach Chris, coach Chris Mitchell. Welcome to the show, Coach. Hi, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm quite jealous of you, uh, quite frankly. <laughs> but uh, y'all have had a y'all have had a wonderful year this year, and uh, and um, 
How would you explain how y'all were able to beat Noma eight to nothing uh, a couple of days ago? I think a lot of it was based upon the fact that uh, we had played them earlier this year, and um, and, and and we thought uh, they were uh, challenge, challenging challenging at that time, and we had known since the time that we had played them at the beginning of January that they'd uh, rattled off some pretty nice wins and that they were uh, really clicking. And uh, we knew we had to be very uh, focused and concentrated uh, to be able to perform at our best versus that team. I'll tell you what, what gets our attention here in the New Orleans area is the way you were able to stand up to Jesuit 2-3 to three and beat Baton Rouge 9-1 to one, uh, and then just totally shut out Parkview Baptist 5-0. Uh, that's a sign of how strong you are. You think you all have a chance to go the whole distance this year? Yeah, I think I think our goals for this um, definitely started uh, with our semifinal exit last year. Uh, we had quite a few guys uh, disappointed, and um, they really came back focused this year uh, with the intent on trying to do a little bit better than what we did last year. And uh, I think the guys have been very focused throughout the course of the year. I think that's what's helped us be successful so far. Okay, now you're also going to be facing a, a familiar opponent. Uh, Archbishop Hannon yesterday beat Morgan City one nothing in overtime. So, uh, are y'all think you're going to change anything from the last time you beat them? I think you beat them four to nothing the last time you played them. Well, I tell you what, the last time we played them, it was uh, it was at our place. So that definitely changes factors a little bit because we'll be traveling to Hannon. Uh, we did go there a couple of years ago. Uh, and, and had a good result then. But, uh, I mean, it's always tricky when you play on the road in the playoffs. And at the same time, I think Hannon did a really good job uh, the last game we played them. Um, they do a very good job coaching-wise with their defensive shape and organization. It's definitely one of the more uh, better organized teams that we've played against this year. And uh, so that will definitely uh, be a challenge for us to try to, to break through and, and hopefully uh, get some goals. Yeah, and they're uh, they're in new territory right now too. So I think your experience might pay off. Maybe their hunger might make the game even harder. Playing at Archbishop Hannon, I did that last year. It's it's a difficult um, um, out if you want to put it that way. Who's going to be the referee crew for y'all game? Uh, they're coming from Lafayette. Okay, all right, and. Uh, uh, I think that could make a big difference, too. It just depends on the style of uh, refereeing you're used to. Because in you know, Baton Rouge, don't take this the wrong way, but things are really, really tight over there in Baton Rouge, whereas in New Orleans, they're not as much. You know, have you seen, have you, do you feel that way? I 100% agree on that <laughs> assessment between the two areas as in regards to refereeing. I think uh, Lafayette's kind of a little bit in between the two. Um, as you just lamented to, a little bit uh, more give and take with the uh, New Orleans referees, a little bit tighter whistle with the Baton Rouge referees, and then right in between it, Tween is uh, probably the uh, Lafayette Referee Association. Yeah. Well, Coach, um, this year has been just remarkable. What what were the outstanding moments of this year so far? Uh, I mean, I hate to say it in a defeat, but I thought that our uh, the way we performed before with Overall, just an outstanding game. I thought that uh, both teams really left it on the field. And for me, that's what it's kind of all about. You know, you want to challenge yourself, uh, even though sometimes it might be a defeat. But at the same time, you know, I think that playing games like that uh, only make you better uh, as players, as coaches, 
I think it really puts the game in perspective and how wonderful it can become. So that's definitely one of the highlights for us so far this season is uh, being able to play that game at home versus Jesuit. I bet that it wasn't a loss, but I think the uh, the atmosphere, the intensity of the game, uh, the, the the competition level was was so high. I think our boys really enjoyed that. Okay, and it looks like you're on a collision course with Lusher again, and uh, but first you got to get through Hannon, and they got to get through David Thibodeau on the road, but. Uh, but it looks like uh, very favorable. Have you, did y'all play Vanderbilt Catholic at all this year? Yeah, you did. We did. We um, we tied them in the Copa tournament. We got pretty lucky in that essence uh, to be able to pull out a draw with them two to two. I'm curious as a coach, when you made this schedule, did you care about PowerPoints at all, like as your focus, or were you more focused on uh, the type of uh, games your kids could or uh, weather? I think it's it's a two. Uh, full process. I mean, of course, you have to take into consideration some of your PowerPoint situations, but at the same time, you definitely want to make sure you're going to get quality competition to prepare yourself for the playoffs. So um, we kind of look at both angles of that. Uh, I know that also with the idea when you're in your district, you have games that you can't control and who you play. So we definitely try to offset that with games outside of the, our district that would definitely hopefully challenge us uh, and also hopefully put us in a, a good position PR-wise. Uh, for the playoffs. Okay, one final question. When it comes to the uh, distractions of last year compared to this year, was this year a little easier year for you or just about the same? In regards to like with COVID and what happened? Yeah, especially with COVID. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is with COVID, it was still a factor, I think, uh, this year as it was last year. But I think last year there was such a larger emphasis on the idea that, you know, if anyone would get it, you know, almost it felt like, you know, your team, your games, your season might end. Whereas this year, there's not as much of that uh, hindering in the background. So I think it gives you a little bit more opportunity to focus in on the actual game itself and and the possibility of being able to, to you know to better yourself throughout the course of the year. Whereas in the back of your mind last year, you were always thinking, well, wait, they might shut down the season uh, this week or next week. Whereas this year, I don't think that was definitely in our back of our minds so much. Okay, well um... – from your point of view, uh, uh, what do you think is uh, – well, let me let me rephrase the question. Okay, from your point of view, do you think the best team in the state is in Division Three, or who do you think has the best team in the state overall since you've played everybody? Wow. Um, I mean, I do, feel, I do feel at times that Division Three is pretty – teams, I mean – we uh, we played we played Bozier at the beginning of the year and, and they're 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 pretty quality um, and then also during the course of the year we played some Division One teams as well so I think the thing that a lot of the Division One teams have um, is the depth and I know that when we play Jesuit um, at times you know we we feel pretty strong about our depth but it's amazing when you play teams uh, like Jesuit and the quality of their depth coming in off the bench is just uh, it's tremendous. So um, it always gives us uh, a goal to get better and to try to increase our player pool and base at our school and, and do a better job coaching and uh, getting our kids more prepared. But, you know, it, it's hard to say sometimes um, who the best division is year in and year out. It kind of fluctuates. Um, but I, I would, you know, I'd stand to say that uh, for the most part it's usually Division One. Okay, when are you running for president? Uh, not in any plans, 
right now. <laughs> I must say that was a really good that was a good way to dance hard around a hard question. Do you have anything else you'd like to say to all the state uh, coaches and players in the state while you have the microphone? I mean, I think this is uh, I mean the best time of the year. I think all the kids have worked so hard um, to fight through to get to these moments uh, in their lives and then cherish them as best they can when they're out there. I know everyone wants to win it all, but in the end, there's only four champions in the end, um, one from each division. And uh, just because we don't always win it all doesn't mean that we don't have successful seasons. And uh, I, I would I would clearly state that uh, one of the successful seasons that I've witnessed so far was Noma. I really thought that those guys um, had a tremendous season. Uh, I know it wasn't the greatest way they wanted to end it, but uh, those boys were good and talented, and they really worked hard for each other. So um, the competition, I think, is really steep in the state of Louisiana right now, and I like I like the way it's going. So good luck to everyone. Well, Coach, thank you, and good luck to you as well, and we'll be keeping an eye on you as you go on through your journey in the playoffs. Take care. All right. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. God bless. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, and again, uh, that was Coach Mitchell, a real positive, uh, a real positive uh, coach, and um, he's he's got something good going on over there in Baton Rouge. And in Baton Rouge, really, uh, the talent isn't isn't split up probably as much as it is in New Orleans uh, from their from their major feeder club, but still, it's uh, it's it's hard to be the best in Baton Rouge, and arguably, they were definitely the best team in Baton Rouge, all, all divisions. Um, uh, I think with one exception, Catholic High. I didn't want to ask him that question, uh, and uh, and uh, I just leave it at that. But uh, he, if you look at his schedule, he's just not afraid to play anybody at any time, and that really impresses me uh, to, to a high degree. And I probably heard his power ranking uh, because really he could have easily had a number one power ranking, and right now they're sitting with the number three ranking. But the bottom line is you got to go to the playoffs. If you're going to win state, you got to beat the best of the best. It's just instead of playing these number games, a lot of these teams, as I've talked about in the first couple of segments, they play the number games. They got washed out. Okay, usually the cream rises to the top in the playoffs, and either you're cream or you're not. And uh, and so uh, the teams that are that are not that are really fatty, uh, they're they're going to go to the wayside. And especially if you're not experienced in playing games that are really challenging and hard. I'm trying to get my players to understand that too, because our schedule next year is going to be uh, designed just with that in mind. Anyway. Uh, we'll be back uh, at the end of the week to cover the third round results and to preview the semifinals. Probably come on the air on Thursday for a quick show, um, and we'll go over the results and see how University did with uh, Hannon and all the other matchups that we mentioned earlier in the first uh, section. Anyway, God bless you and your family, uh, and let's thank God for this good weather we're about to have for this stretch of the week on the playoffs. This is Coach Alan DeRitter wishing you and your family the best. Carpe diem and Christ.